Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hello, and welcome to another bonus episode of The School for Dumb Women. I'm your host woman, girl band ignoramus Hannah Farrell, and this week I met YA author Juno Dawson to learn all about why she's so obsessed with the Spice Girls. As usual, we talked for a little longer than we could fit into the episode, so here's our full chat. Hi, Juno. Hi, Hannah. Thank you for joining me here. Obviously, Caroline and Alex aren't here today, so I feel like we're kind of at school after hours. It is a bit because it's getting dark outside now as well, so it's it's like naughty. Yeah, like we've broken in or something. Yeah. Um, were you more familiar with detention or like an after school class in your school years? No, I was so well behaved. Yeah. I got one detention, but it was a whole class detention. Right. And yeah. it felt quite hard done by. And it was even made an example of kind of like <laughs> it's you know, even the good children suffer during your bad behaviour. But I never got in any trouble yeah. at all. Do you know what? Ever. I was exactly the same and I'm really glad you said that. Phew. And I'm sure Caroline and Alex will make fun of both of us <laughs> <laughs> for admitting that. But, you know, it's fine. Uh, so you're here to educate me today about the Spice Girls. Yes. What are the Spice Girls? That's a joke. Um, but <laughs> I was going to say, um, I was like, oh my God, are we like role playing or are something? Are we starting from absolute yeah. scratch? Um, but yeah, so what? Um, why the Spice Girls? What are they to you? I always pick the Spice Girls because I think if you were not in that bubble, if you were not a certain age in 1996, you're not going to get this. And this is what I find really interesting about the Spice Girls, which is it was a proper phenomenon and we don't see very many of them I think another one is YouTubers yeah and like when I look at Zoella and Alfie and and all the big YouTubers Tyler Oakley or whoever I appreciate what they're doing and I respect everything they've done and that I can observe their influence sure but I don't get it and it's not for me and it's fine that it's not for me because I'm 20 years too old <laughs> but when I look at them I think it's the Spice Girls and I remember the devotion I had to them like if somebody slagged them off if somebody said they don't sing live I would have died for them <laughs> and like I would find clips that I had recorded off the television because this was pre-internet on VHS I found clips, right? yeah on VHS I found clips that I had recorded of that's them singing live or I had I had like the live at Wembley and I was like they can sing I can prove <laughs> they can sing and you know I was I was truly I was like ride or die yeah I think it's interesting that you say it's very much like being the right age in that era because I was going to say I really don't 
kind of get the Spice Girls. But then there are a lot of people my age who really do and who really, really love them and just are really confused that I've got no idea. But yeah, so they released Wannabe in 1996. How old are you in 1996? I was five. Too young. Yeah. Just a tiny bit too young. I think if you've been like three years older. Yeah. Then I'm a, you would have been a Spice Girl, yeah. yeah. I didn't care about music when I was five. I, Nobody cares about music. I don't when think five. I even knew that I could care about music. You yeah. know, I was just like, "This is what my mum listens to," and she said, "Yeah, I think that's you." So you start. So for me and my mum, I grew up surrounded by Motown, so I was keyed into the idea of girl groups. So I'd seen Banana Rama before. I think I was twelve in '96, okay. so it was of thereabouts, and so I was familiar with like the Supremes and Martha Reeves and the Vandellas, and I knew I loved a girl group. Yeah, but the Spice Girls were like my girl group. They were like the first one that had come along in my lifetime. Yeah, we'd really had a drought, and they'd been like on Vogue, but I never, I didn't really like their music, and oh, Eternal as well, and I didn't really like their music either. So it was, the Spice Girls was so it was such sort of balls out pop music and it was so in your face and and it was about feminism without ever using the word feminism yeah and girl I know, power girl well this is it <laughs> so basically they rebranded feminism for 1996 and it, it's it's frustrating that they didn't just come out and say hi we're the spice girls and we're feminists yeah because i think you know as later like 10 15 years later we we saw that actually the word feminist was very successfully reclaimed by a new generation mm. of feminists yeah now it's like a trendy thing to do course, oh my it? god now it, although uh, still i mean it can still be a bit of a clubbed clobber women with i st- you know you know you can't be an actress in hollywood without some very often male journalists or TV presenters saying Jennifer Lawrence, Shailene Woodley, you know, Emma Stone, do you consider yourself a feminist? And you can't, there's no right answer because yeah. you either say no and you get ripped apart by women or you say yes and you, you're accused of being like a man-hater or, you know, you know, feminist actress Jennifer Lawrence yeah. demands equal pay and it becomes this quite sort of like... You know, so basically, and more's the point, it's not a question men are being asked. So immediately it becomes an inequality between men and women. You know, I don't see anybody asking Chris Pratt or Benedict Cumberbatch or whoever if if they're feminists. Yeah. Um, Whereas I think the Spice Girls, and I think Little Mix did this really cleverly, as did Destiny's Child with independent women. You know, whether it's Salute by Little Mix or whether it's independent women or whether it's if you want to be my lover, you got to go with my friends. You know, these girl groups were very often singing about feminism without ever using the word. Maybe it's because feminist doesn't really rhyme with anything. <laughs> Maybe it's just a problem uh, lyrically. Feminist, got to get with my... Meninists. Um, <laughs> if you want to be a feminist, you've got to denounce meninists. Yes. It's a made-up, ridiculous internet tribe. That's the lyrics of my new single. Yeah, I can't wait for it to be released. (laughs) Um, So I made a list, actually, because I was thinking, well, what was I doing in between 1996 and sort of 2000, was it? That was the, yeah. That was when they dropped off the face of the earth. Yeah, yeah and I thought I, what I was doing was I was listening to Bewitched. Actually, really loved Bewitched. Listen you'd back co- then because you'd come of age. So th- yeah. by that point you were eight. Yeah, exactly. And HMV was there was an HMV in town, and it was easy. But Bewitched are terrible. I was listening to that yesterday, and um, I don't I don't think they're good. Okay, I don't think they're good. The double anyway. denim was dreadful. Yes, la vie is a tune. <laughs> Roller coaster is a tune. Blame it on the weatherman is lovely, actually. Blame it on the weatherman is that's that was like one of my favourites. Blame it on the weatherman is that brief moment where a pop act sort of briefly goes legit. Yeah, and even your mum buys it. And for the, with the Spice Girls, it was two become one. I think they'd been dismissed as sort of e numbers and sort of sort of one hit wonders. Really, and then two become one 
was so much more mature in that they're literally singing about safe sex, you know, put it on, put it on. Um, and I think a lot of people who hadn't bought Wannabe and Say You'll Be There then said, okay, this is amazing. And, oh, really? And I think Blame It on the Weatherman was Bewitch's brief, legit moment. Yeah. And that was it. That then I think that was their last hurrah. Yeah. So I was listening to Bewitched. I was really into like kids craft magazines, like Art Attack magazines, which was great. Uh, playing with Beanie Babies. I had some Beanie Babies. Yeah. yeah. They were fantastic. Yeah. I, there's still a whole bunch of them at my mum's house. I think they, she gave them to my nieces. So they probably have like no resale because some of them are like worth a gazillion pounds now. No, but which ones? Because I don't think I own any of them. There like, was like a very rare multicoloured rainbow bear that okay. they made like a hundred of in the world. Oh, really? Yeah. But that was always the myth going around school, wasn't it? It was like, Do you oh, have a rare you, should, one? you should collect them because they'll be worth loads when we're like 20, which was ancient, obviously, in our eyes. <laughs> anyway, so I was doing everything but listening to the Spice Girls. Um, and what what impact do you think they had on you then? Like when you when you started listening to them and when you were like, wow, girl power, this is really cool. Did they change your life? They did. It was quite sad because... Obviously, more than anything in the world, I wanted to be a Spice Girl, and it was a it was a watershed moment in that it did slightly make me it forced me to pick an identity really because it wasn't okay for cisgender straight boys to love the Spice Girls as much as I did, right? And so I had to slightly shit or get off the pot, <laughs> and. Almost, I love the Spice Girls so much, it was worth everybody deciding I was gay on my behalf. <laughs> and so it was like, well, okay, they were like, oh my God, do you like you like the Spice Girls? Are you gay? And I was kind of like, yes, if, if that is what it takes to love the Spice Girls, that is what it is. And of course, we know now that that wasn't true. That yeah. I wasn't, I was like a trans girl who also fancies boys. But you can see where I would get confused. And I think it was around that time, you know, had things been different and had we had better education in the 90s, without any shadow of a doubt, I would have just gone the whole hog and I wouldn't have even just been a Spice Girl. I would have just gone ahead and been a girl, kind yeah. of. But it was, yeah, it was strangely like finding my tribe a little bit because around the same time, I just gave up on boys. Sadly, I didn't give up on boys in a sexual or romantic capacity <laughs> as would have been sensible. But um, I did give up on the notion of having friends as boys. Yeah. Because all I wanted to do was talk about the Spice Girls and kind of we used to, you know, collect Spice Girls merchandise and the dolls and the folders and the notebooks. And I could only really do that with other girls. And so that was really when I kind of just dropped all my male friends and just almost exclusively surrounded myself with other Spice Girl fans. Yeah. So I, it really, you know... And then I never looked back. You know, all my friends are girls now. So it's kind of like, yeah, it was It was when I found my tribe, I guess. Yeah, it was like a trigger moment for being like, right. This I is cannot understate <laughs> the importance of the Spice Girls. People think I'm taking the piss. It was <laughs> genuinely a pivotal moment, moment in my life. And what strangely, I like, I teared up when I heard Adele talking about the Spice Girls on Carpool Karaoke when she so eloquently sort of said, there were these five girls who came from nothing and they got out. And Adele said, I wanted to get out. I don't know what I wanted to get out of, but I knew I wanted to get out. Yeah. And I think I was in the same thing. I knew there was something waiting for me and I didn't know what it was. So why not call it girl power? And so I guess what was waiting for me was was girl power or zigga zigga or, what, or whatever, <laughs> you know. And, you know, I did get out. Yeah. As did Adele. So. Oh, I'm getting shivers. Mm. Ooh. And do you think most people love them because of the impact they had on their lives or because of like 
the music and and how good the music was because like maybe this is controversial but I don't really like the music all that much no I think you're right I think and this really hit home for me when I went to see the doomed um, Viva Forever musical okay which was so basically the the creative team behind Mamma Mia made a jukebox musical featuring the songs of the Spice Girls okay now Someone should have realised quite early on that there is a problem in that the Spice Girls only had nine top ten hits. They had a brief, glorious moment, which very quickly died down as they were kind of mm. engulfed in their own success. And when I heard those songs performed not by the Spice Girls without the charisma of the Spice Girls, yeah. they didn't stand up. Oh, no. I think with now that 20 years has passed, some of their songs have endured. I think Spice Up Your Life and Wannabe still sound like a slice of sort of 90s pop um to become one is still i think now with with hindsight to become one is their best song and i think um say you'll be there stands up well but no i wouldn't listen to who do you think you are or stop right so you're not anymore. going through the albums no like- <laughs> i wouldn't i mean some, sometimes i tell you what the first album took itself quite seriously and I think sometimes with pop music you have to take it seriously because as soon as you start taking the piss with pop music it kind of becomes very novelty right the first album took itself quite serious and it had a slightly more soulful urban feel than compared to the second album which was very camp very very camp and then the third album was their ill-advised attempt to go R&B, right. which took itself too seriously. And that was them saying, we demand to be treated like oh, serious no, artists. artists. Yeah. <laughs> and of course, no. Oh. Um, and it didn't come over. And even, you could tell their hearts were in it. Mel C looked embarrassed by the whole venture. But um, no, so I think you're right. I think it's about now, as adult Spice Girl fans, we recognise the impact they had on us and the role they played in our lives and what it was like to belong to that. And that is why, similarly, wasn't for me and I didn't like it. But why I would die on a hill to protect One Direction fans. Because I could see it happening again. I could see a generation of girls who had found each other through a shared love. And when things are designed for girls, they are immediately mocked and held as less than the pastimes of boys. You know, and, and One Direction as One Direction, the Spice Girls, you know, were relentlessly marked as being naff or crap or rubbish in a way that nobody has ever said, shall I tell you what's nonsense? Football. <laughs> no one has I ever said, that. I'll tell you what's shit, darts. You yeah. know, and this is literally men playing games, yeah. you know, and getting very into it and crying, oh, it's crying, such, it's physically crying, yeah. wailing when their team loses. Group of teenage girls like One Direction, ha, 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 look at this sad cow or whatever, you know. And I'm just like, fuck all the way off. (laughs) Because these girls are joined by a sisterhood and a shared love of something. And don't you dare. Yeah. So Mm. it's bigger than the band. So much bigger than the band. And that's why when you lose a member, it very often just goes to shit. Because actually it's about equilibrium I think sometimes Mm. and with the Spice Girls much more so than maybe comparable to the Beatles but they were some of their parts they were five very equally balanced girls and you had your favourite and each one of them brought 
quite literally a different flavour to the group. In a way that that wasn't true of Destiny's Child, which was mm. a showpiece for Beyonce. It wasn't true of Girls Aloud, whereby actually all five of them... They were pretty similar, weren't they? Exactly. Yeah. You know, my mum wouldn't know the difference. She might be able yeah. to say there's a ginger one, <laughs> but that's it. You know, it was five white girls who were all the same height. Yeah. Or maybe she picked the blonde one. Yeah, and I think even Little Mix as well, you know, who I adore Little Mix, but the, the, they don't have that same instant marketable difference that the Spice Girls had. But that was a big thing for them, wasn't it? Because they all had like different sort of caricatures of themselves. Yeah, Um, which is where they've been accused of being anti-feminist because the the insinuation is that they sort of played to a specific male fantasy. Okay, so it's like you can be one of these things and you cannot be a multifaceted woman. Exactly, yeah, that you, you know, kind of each of them was some sort of it was they were almost like stripper characters yeah. but I was sort of like I, there was the thing with the Spice Girls that it didn't really feel like they were doing anything they didn't want to do kind of in a way that you know sometimes when you sort of saw Miley Cyrus or Ariana Grande it all felt a bit like you need to be sexy now mm. okay you've been a child star so we need now to put you in like a PVC jumpsuit kind of yeah. <laughs> you know because otherwise you know we really need teenage boys to masturbate over you whereas with the Spice Girls although they did have their PVC catsuit moment in Say yeah, You'll Be short There short skirts all that but it it sort of felt because it, it very much tapped into that 90s Ledette thing as well where girls you know, be it Sarah Cox or Denise Van Outen was saying, if I want to wear my underwear in public, I will wear my underwear in public. And it's not for any man. It's because I want to get my tits out. You know, and that was kind of the vibe of that whole Ledette thing and kind of, I'm going to drink pints and I'm, you know, this is me crawling down the street kind of with my kebab. Um, And it sort of tapped into that and they felt riotous. So it didn't feel particularly come hither. Right. In fact, actually, my favourite, and I would completely encourage listeners to track it down, or if we can find a link to go with the podcast, there is a clip of the Spice Girls on the Ozone with Jamie Theakston that they decided to screen unedited because they were like, this is what it's like to interview the Spice Girls. And they torture him. They absolutely torment him. They are like a pack of hungry (laughs) <laughs> hyenas gnawing on a tall, lanky, Jamie Theakston-sized wildebeest. Yeah, that's quite good to know then, that they did have, like, you know, they were, they, they were allowed to have their own character as well, even though they had sort of all of these roles they had to play. I don't I don't think it was entirely manufactured. I yeah. think, and having, I've now met three-fifths of the Spice Girls. I've never oh met gosh. Victoria or Mel B, but Emma is sweet and lovely. Jerry talks in riddles. Um, Mel C is really down to earth and scouse. You know, I don't know how posh posh is, but scary does seem quite in your face. Right. So I, mean, I think it was, I don't know which came first, the chicken or the egg. Yeah, yeah, But yeah. certainly I never, from the Spice Girls, as a teenager anyway, I never got the message that, it, that you know, you have to be sexy. Whereas I look at, and I mean, I think some of her songs are jams, but I look at Ariana Grande and it feels like it's all been put together to be sexy. She's always bent over something, kind of, or <laughs> particularly, and it feels like her videos are all directed by men. You know, that the one, the side to side video, 
And I can listen. I do. I, I love Side to Side. I have Side to Side on my phone. It's a okay. great song. But it is a song about how she can't walk in a straight line oh, because I've she's had such a big dick in her. Yeah. <laughs> and that's what the song's about. And I've been here all day. I've been here all night. And boy, you've got me walking side to side. Yeah. That's what it's about. And in the video, she's like riding. She's riding an exercise bike in platform shoes and suspenders. That's a bit silly. The Spice Girls never went that far. No, <laughs> because it was like, if you want to be my lover, you've got to get with my friends. Make it last forever. Friendship never ends, you know. Yeah. And that was, that was the message. And as a as a twelve year old, I was like, yes, <laughs> friends are more important than men. Yeah, you know. Obviously, you know, yeah. stop right now. Thank you very much. I need somebody with a human touch. It was it was so much more about your friends and finding your girl gang than it was about having a soft vagina from a massive <laughs> cock, you know, which is where which is where we're at now with pop music. I mean, thank God for Little Mix, who right. seemed to be sort of flying the, the girl power flag with salute, for example. But it, yeah, that's. I mean, I do. I despair for modern pop music. I really do. Yeah. It's all about finding a boyfriend again. We're back to finding a boyfriend. One question I have about Spice Girls, actually, why is everyone obsessed with ranking them? Because there was something out quite recently about, um, oh, the nation's favourite Spice Girl has officially been decided and apparently it's Mel B. Um, it was Emma. Apparently it's Emma. It was yeah. so Brexit. I think they spoke purely to Brexit voters because... Emma, I think, is the Brexit choice, like the Aryan blonde one. (laughs) I'm just like, really? But why does everyone want to rank them? I mean, I guess it's not just the Spice Girls, is it? Like, people love to rank all sorts. Like, um, obviously, Queer Eye has come out on Netflix. Yeah. And there's been so much stuff being like, who's your favourite? Who's your favourite? I think that's human nature. I think as soon as you've got a group. Yeah. And I've done it. You know, Nicola's my favourite Girls Loud. Jade is my favourite Little Mix. Zayn was my favourite One Direction. I don't know, you just do it. But I think you do it with, like, who's your favourite X-Men? You know, it's it's kind of... Yeah. No, I think it's normal to have a favourite, but it's the kind of, like, ranking them on, like, who's the worst? Yeah, that's not nice. That's that's, just a bit odd. I do, I can almost guarantee that in 1997 we were playing that game. Yeah. It's strange. I used to be a primary school teacher. Children do it. You know, I think it's very human nature. To, and we even teach it in maths, you know, put these in order. That's true. From best to worst. You know, that's we, we, we even encourage children to do it in reception. So, yeah, maybe that's it. And who was your favourite Spice Girl? Initially, Jerry, and then very quickly changed lanes to Victoria. Okay. And it was Midnight Miss Suki in the Say You'll Be There video. And because there was, I mean, there was something. She was the odd choice, and I always enjoyed the the difficult choice, which I suppose is why I like Nicola in Girls Loud as well, because it felt like Jerry and Mel B were the obvious okay. two. They were the they were the upfront ones, and most girls liked Mel B or Jerry, whereas Victoria, who sort of stood at the back, didn't say anything and just pointed. I was like, no, she's she's the cool one. <laughs> she's got something going on. And you'll notice Zane in One Direction as well. There's, I, I've always liked the cool one. Okay. Who doesn't necessarily do anything and stands at the back. Yeah. Oh, I have a question from Alex, actually. Okay. Which was, did you go on the tour where Victoria just did a catwalk? Yes. <laughs> well, that was a big deal. That was the 10-year anniversary. So that was when they reunited. Okay. And by that point, Victoria, and I do think I would... I mean, two minds about whether I ever want to meet Victoria because she, because she was my favourite and the, the danger when you meet your heroes is that they in some way disappoint. Yeah. But um, she, by that point, had her tongue so firmly in cheek about what Posh Spice actually was. Mm. But this was incredible because she did that catwalk to Supermodel. Was it Supermodel? 
by RuPaul. Right. And this was two years before RuPaul's Drag Race. So to have Victoria storming down a catwalk to walk, turn to the right, walk. And it was like, that was like, she brought, she revived RuPaul. Maybe, oh, wow. maybe we not, maybe she created RuPaul's Drag Race and we just didn't even realise it. Oh That's gosh. the power of Victoria Beckham. <laughs> so what that said was, it, it said that she's smart enough to have insight into knowing her solo career flopped. Yeah. And whereas the rest of them all had a solo turn, like Jerry did It's Raining Men and Emma did Maybe, um, Victoria was wise enough to know that no one was there to hear her sing Not Such an Innocent Girl, her number two hit. Oh, was it? <laughs> well, yeah, because she kept, she got into two very high profile chart battles, one with Sophie Ellis Bextra and one with Kylie Minogue. Oh, they're contenders. Well, like, she, that's I a mean, hard it's one. sod's law, isn't it, that she, she released. One up against Spiller and Groove Jet, which was obviously a huge summer Ibiza tune. Mm. And then she had the misfortune to release against Can't Get You Out of My Head, which is Kylie Minogue's biggest ever selling single. Yeah. So it's like, but I don't think anybody saw Can't Get You Out of My Head coming. It was a tune. It still is a tune. That's so good. This Mother's Day, celebrate the extraordinary women in your life with a heartfelt gift from Blue Nile. Whether it's for your mom, a mother figure, or yourself as a mom, find that perfect piece to express your love and appreciation. Explore Blue Nile's exquisite pearls and mesmerizing gemstones that she's sure to love. Enjoy fast shipping options like guaranteed free shipping and returns. Make this Mother's Day unforgettable with a piece from Blue Nile. Right now, get up to 50% off at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. Yeah. I have a question from Caroline as well, okay. which is, don't you think Holler was an underrated jam? Yes. And weirdly, actually, one that I... So I DJ at a club night in Brighton, and that's the one I often play out and because it's been forgotten. Okay. And it how was... Does it, it, how does it go? I'm gonna make you holler. Wanna hear you scream my name. I'll give you rules to follow so you can play my game. Okay. It was their R&B number. So it was produced by Dark Child, who had done Destiny's Child and Tony Braxton. Yeah, it was, a, it was a tune and it was a number one. It was their last number one. Okay. But again, it wasn't the Spice Girls because Jerry had gone and she was so vital to the DNA of the band. But it sounds great when you play it out loud. It's okay. A, it's a, but it's interesting because they know they weren't getting on at the time as well. And they've been very open about the fact that they were at each other's throats by that point, And it was just crumbling. Sort of falling apart. Yeah. Were you devastated when they split up? Well, the sad thing is they never split up. Oh, they, they never right. had their big press conference moment, which I think on hindsight, 
they probably wish they had done after forever. I think they should have, because they let it peter out. Mm. And what they could have done is they could have come back with forever and said, this is our goodbye album. Although they did call it forever. (laughs) But, um, and because it has led to this slight will they, won't they constant dance, which, you know, I'm sure sure they're sick of. There's always, there's never not been a rumour that they're reforming. And, you know, the last I heard is that next year they're doing something. Yeah. But, and this is perhaps controversial. I know a lot of Spice Girl fans will, you know, not be happy with me for saying this, but I think leave it where it is. Oh, wow, because really? as we've said, it's not about the music. I mean, I do think the when they did the Olympic closing ceremony, that was glorious. Yeah, that was cool. I thought that was and cool. And it was celebratory and it celebrated everything they were. And it was the right level of a tease, which is we're coming back together for one night. Yeah. And this is it. And it was so perfect. The fact that Victoria just looked like she was sort of standing a little bit away from the rest of them was perfect. I loved it. And we were all like, we were, again, tears, like, moment. But now I'm like, well, what else can, what else is there for you to do? Yeah. Because they tried to do new material in 2007 and it was crap. Um, the tour, they hated it and bottled it halfway through because they were falling out again. Right. So I'm like, what is there to do? Yeah. I mean, the only possible thing that I could envisage would be an X Factor style show where they Ooh. create a new Spice Girls Ooh. and they are the judges and they create a new girl group because we need a new girl group. The Little Mix are brilliant, but they've maybe got one more album in them. Okay, right. And, you know, pop acts have a certain shelf life, but an amazing, huge Saturday night talent search to find. You wouldn't call them the Spice Girls. I think you'd call them something else. Yeah. But literally, the Spice Girls forming a new girl group. You can bet your ass I would watch that. Yeah. I, I mean, I'd, I'd watch if the first episode. If, if that isn't the plan, I want some sort of royalties for creating this. <laughs> Juno Dawson creates Spice Girls The Next Generation. Yeah. Name to be confirmed. Thank you. <laughs> yeah. Um, so obviously, you're a YA author um, and you know a lot about teenagers. You've been like rattling off all these kind of teenager bands that mm. I have barely heard of, um, which I'm very impressed with. Thank you. Do you, think, do you think teenagers should be listening to more Spice Girls? Should they be on the curriculum? <laughs> I think, because obviously there's a lot of retro nostalgia for anything 90s at the moment. And obviously when, you, we, when we look back at the 90s, the Spice Girls were a phenomenon. We have to yeah. acknowledge in the same way that we should look at Britpop. You know, Blur and Oasis were a key cultural moment. Yeah. You know, with, you know, I always forget that that was kind of happening at the same time, wasn't yeah, it? Yeah, they were kind of concurrent. I think Blur versus Oasis was like the year before. Okay. Um, but I think also, you know, I'm, I'm a big fan of going into a deep dive into the 90s as well and looking at things like the All Saints first album, which was properly great, kind of, um, and having a look around. But I think nostalgia is very different you know, and I remember when I was growing up in the 90s, having a certain nostalgia for things like old ABBA and the Carpenters, mm. but they didn't belong to me. You know, the Spice Girls belongs to my generation. Yeah, because you Adele's. saw it happen. Yeah. And now, yeah, it looks it looks a bit naff and, you know, there's a certain kitsch value to it. And like, you know, I hear people sort of like, you know, being ironic about Alanis Morissette's ironic <laughs> which i don't know if that's what she had in mind when she isn't it ironic that in 20 years we'll we'll be making fun of my career yeah. um but no i think it's important for young people to have their own pop moment and yeah. i think one direction was a pop moment i thought actually the ariana grande concert 
felt like a moment that people will remember yeah. for a really long time. But it's so bleak out there. Pop music is bleak at the moment. And this is, it's always been the way, the rise and fall of pop music. Yeah. In that, at the moment, we're in a, it's all taking itself very seriously. And we've got a million different men strumming acoustic guitars. Yeah, so many men. I mean, when Ed Sheeran is the biggest selling artist, and I'm sure he's lovely. I'm sure he's lovely, but can't, I will actively cross a room to turn the radio off. Yeah. Because yeah. it's so banal. Sorry, listeners. I'm sorry if you're big <laughs> fans of Ed Sheeran. And Ed Sheeran is kind of emblematic of what pop music is like at the moment. Like, I can't imagine in 25 years' time, somebody is going to be sitting in a room recording a podcast about the impact Ed <laughs> fucking Sheeran had on my life. He changed my life. <laughs> no, nobody's going to be saying that. I don't think so, yeah. No one is, because it's so inoffensive yeah and so mainstream i you know there is this interesting stuff out there and i do believe you know people will be sitting here talking about the the cultural impact of grime for example mm -hmm. and i think that has been huge and you know it's it's brought people into the music industry to whom 10 years ago doors were very much shut you know yeah. and so grime you know has and sort of, I guess the the mainstreaming effect of grime, because obviously grime has been around for a really long time, but the fact it's now being played on the breakfast show on Radio One yeah. is a bit a big difference, you know. And that that's more interesting. And you know, I remember once somebody saying, "Oh, pop music just means popular music." So you know, whatever is popular is what we count as pop. So actually, yeah, now now you know, it doesn't get much more pop. Than, than Stormzy. <laughs> you know, he is right now. He's yeah. where pop music is at. But I would like to see some more girls for girls to aspire to being. Yeah. And where the message isn't just, fuck me. You know, a message yeah. somewhere beyond fuck me. You know, and in, you know, the importance of girls and what it's like in celebrating womanhood. Yeah, definitely. Um, and you have a new book out called Clean. Is I that do. about the Spice Girls? No. Oh. <laughs> Although something that carries over is that I always have a, a squad. Always a okay. squad. Usually a girl squad. And usually quite an easily identifiable girl squad. And actually, if you look at the female characters in Clean, so you've got main character Lexi, hotel heiress, spoiled brats, very nihilistic, sardonic, sarcastic, sour. Mm. Then you've got Sasha, pure scary spice, borderline personality disorder, compulsive liar. So you don't know where you, you, you don't know who she is. You've got Kendall, who wants to be posh spice, transgender, um, very fashion forward, very labels, boys, gossip. Yeah. And then you've got Ruby, who is quite wise and sage um, straight down the line you always know where you stand with Ruby she will call a spade a spade you know they're the Spice Girls oh my god I wrote that question as a joke and now I'm like yes they're the Spice Girls um, yeah no I have read clean actually it is brilliant so I do think everyone should go out and buy it thank and read you. it right now Juno thank you so much for coming on the School for Dumb Women thanks for having us Thanks for listening to our bonus episode with Juno Dawson. Her latest book, Clean, is out now. We'll be back next Tuesday with a full episode. So until then, goodbye. Goodbye. Bye. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. 
I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.